Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all new Rate Shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield approval is a real game changer. And here's why. First, Quicken Loans will lock your rate up for up to 90 days while you shop. But here's the crucial part if rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com fool. It's Thursday, August 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Motley Fool analysts Andy Cross and Ron Gross. Gentlemen, Mac. welcome. It is Old Guys. Home Week. It is. We've known each other for a while. That's what I mean. Yes, right, Andy. Twenty plus years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, almost twenty-two. That makes me feel bad. It's yeah. only been a decade for me. I don't know, but a we decade? go way back. That's 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 a good, long man. time. We go way back. Way well, back. Well, especially half the time that I've been here at the Fool. That's crazy. <laughs> well, speaking of way back, we're going to talk about a company that I go way back with, Jack in the Box. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. Jumbo Never Jacks. Oh, Andy. I you're know. Missing I know. Out. I always wanted to, but there's not in the East Coast. Okay. Well, we're going to get to that later in the show. We're also going to talk some Yelp, but let's begin with Roku. Shares up more than 20% at the time of this taping. Roku reporting a surprise profit, a modest profit. We should we should be clear about it's this. Zero cents per share, but who's who's counting? <laughs> okay, you're rounding. Are, are you rounding? Down? I'm not rounding. It's, okay. Well, yeah, I'm rounding. Yeah, okay. it's not exactly zero cents. Okay, they, they made a little bit of money. Okay, a little bit of money. Now, Ron Roku makes streaming players that connect to your TV, and they also make TVs that have the streaming experience built in, but. They're not just a hardware business these days, huh? They are not. The platform business, which has always been the business that they intended to really go after in, in a big way, because it has kind of what, what they say, you know, the fattest margins and the largest gains um, for the future, has really been ramping up. In fact, platform revenue eclipsed hardware sales for the second consecutive quarter, now 58% of total revenue. And platform revenue is derived from advertising okay. on the platform and subscription revenue shares. So let's say you, through your Roku platform, subscribe to Hulu. Okay. Uh, they get a little piece of that, um, this little piece of that pie there uh, in the revenue share agreement, and that has really been ramping platform revenue up 96% um, this quarter, with advertising revenue representing the largest driver of that. And I think they have high hopes for uh, advertising revenue continuing to ramp going forward. Um, allowed the company to raise its um, sales and profitability guidance. Which is strong. You see that reflected in the strength of the stock. Uh, revenue uh, in general, total revenue up 57%. So the company continues to execute. Active accounts up 46%. Company hasn't been public very long. If you recall, they went public back in September at $14 a share. And here we sit at $56. And Andy Cross, you are one of those accounts. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty good quarter. I mean, I, you know, I know you guys laughed a little bit at the profit side of it, of the equation, but I mean, right now, profits isn't really the big, you know, Initiative. I mean, Anthony Wood, who co-founded the company and owns at this point more than a billion dollars worth of stock. Uh, I mean, super excited about what's happening with the platform business that they're growing. Revenue more than doubled in that business. Revenue in total was up 57%, as Ron mentioned, but revenue doubling and profits doubling on the platform side. And now they're actually taking it directly to the web. So you actually will not need the Roku stick or the Roku system to watch it. You can actually watch it right online. The Roku channel is a, a, almost a top 10 streaming channel on the Roku platform 
right now. There's a lot of excitement around the programming that they're going to do with their partnerships, the strategic initiatives with their ad clients into that channel. They can control a lot of it. To me, it sounds like they're kind of trying to out Netflix Netflix a little bit here or do a very similar job to what Netflix does online. Okay, so I hear you there, Andy. But there are so many players. You just mentioned Netflix. There are so many players in this space. And big boys. Little companies called Apple and Google. Yeah, exactly. So for Roku, what is Roku's special sauce? Well, um, I think that they have a leading position when it comes to the TV. So take take like a Samsung TV or whatever it might be. I think it's something like twenty five percent of all TVs have you know Roku embedded into it. But actually, not Samsung. I think Samsung does its own. Different has its own, Okay, so maybe yeah. a different a different, different manufacturer, brands, yeah. different manufacturer. So I think they're, they're, they 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 are, they have a leading position there. They they partner as Ron mentioned. They have the subscription partnerships with the other with the other players in there. So they have a little bit of um, of, of initiatives and momentum building on that. But clearly trying to create their own plat the own platform business and their own channel with the Roku channel, which is having some pretty nice success, uh, is 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 a, is a is a direction that the company's movie Mac that moves them into that space and create and takes the Roku name and puts it on their own um, their own channel and with hopes of growing that business that is outside of the um, outside of just the player and outside of the of the Roku platform. So you know ultimately there's a lot of ad dollars out there that that they're trying to go after and having those three Relatively um, tied in businesses, but also unique. Hopefully, helps them distribute their revenue platform outside of just those the the two uh, core platforms of the player and the platform. Okay, so as we wrap up Roku here, they went public in September of 2017. So they're not quite a year old as a public company. The stock has doubled. They've got a market cap um, close to six billion now, around 5.7, 5.8 billion. What should investors be watching going forward? What is your big question for Roku? Yeah, it's actually more than doubled, 14 to 56. It's been a really impressive run. Um, you you got to keep watching that that platform business keeps growing because again, that's where the fatter margins lie. Um, you got to um, see their active accounts continue to move up. Their average revenue per user, ARPU, if you will, you want to see. I will that. not. <laughs> you must in this case. <laughs> um, you want to see that keep moving up nicely, and then it'll be. It will be interesting to see if the um, new uh, web um, Roku channel um, gains traction, which I think it will. And by the way, that revenue per user grew like a dollar, I think, over the quarter from up from fifteen dollars up to sixteen sixty. So clearly, they have some momentum building, and it's recognizing we're seeing in the stock price today. Okay, guys. Well, shares of Yelp up twenty eight percent at the time of our taping on better than expected earnings. Yelp pointing to strength across their advertising business. Okay, Andy. I confess, I am a huge TripAdvisor fan. I love TripAdvisor, and when I think of Yelp, I think of it as a really sketchy TripAdvisor. Wow, that's pretty bold, Mac. I mean, um, clearly there's a, there's a lot of people who disagree with you, and so I'm and missing use something it. here. Well, I don't know if you're missing per se, but I think here's a story with Yelp that that I find really um, uh, uh, intriguing. And refreshing is that um, it's a three billion dollar market cap. They have uh, around eighty million dollars in cash, zero debt. 
Their revenue growth has actually been slowing over the last few years. Revenues in total this quarter were up 12%. Ad sales, it's really the ad story that's really been growing and changing at Yelp as they move to a much more focused uh, local business. And they've been changing a little bit the way they structure their ad deals. Um, they're now um, not structured in long term, so they're, they're much shorter in duration. Um, so they're, they're pushing aggressively into changing the, the way that they go about selling the ad business. And that is really resonating with ad partners. Paying advertisers this quarter was up 31%. So again, ad sales up 22%. Paying advertisers up 31%. Reviews up 21% max. So there are reviews still going out there on Yelp. They're just really refocusing the business around um, what they're trying to structure for what their advertisers and what their what their clients want. So their Product development spending is up 25%, but the general administration expense is up only 6%. So they're putting the money in the right spot, and you're seeing that with both the growth in the number of users and the reviews growing, as well as the important advertisers that are paying for exposure to Yelp's reviews. Ron Gross? Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing going on here is, as Andy said, the move from requiring annual or even longer than that commitments from advertisers to monthly commitments that are good until canceled. So you'll probably see a lot of smaller players move on, move off, move on, move off, kind of test if Yelp is right for them. It's a lot more moving pieces for Yelp to manage in that sense. But if they can gain traction, they can then now move to smaller advertisers who perhaps couldn't afford the annual commitment up front or didn't want want to make that commitment until they tested Yelp a little bit. Um, and, and this could kind of revolutionize the model. I'm not necessarily sold on it. I'm not a shareholder. I'm not buying the stock anytime soon. But it'll be interesting to watch. So, how about do do either of you use Yelp? Because I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bad for using the word sketchy. <laughs> yeah. But I do think there there is a you should feel there's a perception problem here. And that and then I was talking to a few different people and bouncing the TripAdvisor Yelp comparison off of them before our taping. And I do think there's a sense that maybe people trust TripAdvisor. A bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think that 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 might be fair. I use Yelp, you know, all the time. I will use it just for quick searches from if, if I'm local someplace. And mobile is such a big part of their business, and that continues to be a really interesting part of their business. Um, you know, to, to, to just pivoting to away from usage and actually to the stock is, I mean, it's not the fastest growing business on the, on the internet these days, but it's actually a, a relatively cheap stock. It only sells at like twelve times, you know, operating profits of what they're going to do this year, and uh, maybe two times revenue. So so when you look at a lot of the other online properties, this one is 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 pushing their profitability angle and spending a lot of time focused on on growing that. They're buying back the stock. Um, so I know the stock hasn't done so well recently, but they seem to be a business that's turning things around. That that starts to at least get my eye to to be a potential one that. Is is at least worth looking in more into. Yeah, even after today's pop, the stock trading around where it traded five years ago. Yeah, so, so I mean, it hasn't been exactly like, and you, they've had some struggles with with um, reviews and and trying to grow the business and making it more profitable, making it really advertising friendly. You know, to Ron's point, maybe we'll see some smaller advertisers come on. They may come on, drop off. They've been testing this for two years though, so it's not like they're just kind of going right at it. Um, without really exploring it, so hopefully they 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 have some real. I mean, they have the founder and CEO who's still running the business, owns a hundred million dollars worth of stock, so he's having a good day today. Um, you know, I think it's interesting to what they're doing, and and uh, from a stock perspective, it's it's not an expensive stock. 
Okay, guys. Well, before we get to our final story, I want to mention again that support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Let's talk about buying a home for a minute. Because of rising interest rates, there is a lot of unpredictability when it comes to buying a home these days. It's causing a lot of anxiety with folks. Would you agree? A lot of anxiety out there. For sure. Well, our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something about that. They're calling it the power buying process. I love that. Nice. Here's how it works. Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer. Then, once you're verified, you qualify for their all-new, exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, they'll lock your rate up for 90 days while you shop. Now, here's the best part. If rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops Either way, you win, guys. How great is that? Everyone loves winning. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Okay, guys, our final story, Jack in the Box. I am so excited about this. Love Jack in the it's box. true. I was watching commercials. I was watching old Jack in the Box commercials. You know, just taking a trip down memory lane. Well, shares of Jack in the Box up more than eight percent at the time of our taping on earnings. Now, Ron, what is going on here? I have this irrational love of Jack you in the Box. Do. What should what should I love these earnings? They've been doing a nice job, and the the thing here is that they beat expectations, which you know always always helps the stock. The big thing for Jack in the Box is that they've been undergoing what we'll call, or what they'll call, a refranchising, where they're taking company-owned stores and they're selling them to franchisees or franchisors, um, and they're about to really complete what's been quite a process for them, um, having completed about 50 um, refranchising opportunities um, this year, and they're about to, to finish that. And that's really kind of changed the way the business looks and, and the model of the business, and it, it seems to be paying off. Um, in addition to that, they're very shareholder-friendly from a capital return perspective, uh, purchased about $100 million of stock in the quarter, $200 million of stock this year, pay a nice dividend, 1.7% yield. So, from a shareholder yield perspective, you have both the dividend and the share buybacks. Um, that's really nice to see. So the company's doing a nice job. Yeah, they're. Oh, sorry, I was going to say their their operating profit margin boosted mostly because of what's been going on with the refranchising mix. Um, which you know, just a few years ago, the, the or, uh, five ten years ago, the story was more no no you know you want company owned stores. Chipotle tried their franchising, they didn't like that, so they went to like company owned stores. And Buffalo Wild Wings is buying back their companies. But you know, the the franchising mix is so profitable and can really boost profits, and the margins, the capital requirements aren't nearly as high. So the strategy that Jack in the Box is doing. They sold Cadoba back in March for $300 million, so they're plowing that back into buying back stock. Same store sales were an improvement over a year. So the direction of, of, of the business overall, 2,200 stores, you know, like Ron said, moving in the right direction, and it's been good for shareholders. So as investors, I want to come back to this refranchising. Do you have a bias in terms of company-owned versus franchise, or does it really depend on the company? Because the argument, of course, for company-owned is that you, at least in theory, could have more consistency across all your different franchises. 
I, I like the franchise model, but you have to be very careful. Going back years to somebody like Domino's Pizza um, had a, a franchise model, and they just had the wrong people owning those stores, and, and the company was really suffering. So, at the same time that they revamped their menu, they also took back stores from uh, franchisers that were uh, underperforming and resold them to people that were stronger. Um, we'll call them A instead of B or C franchisees, and that really kind of catapulted the business at the exact right time that they were changing the menu, and the, the stock skyrocketed as a result. So, if you're going to go the franchise route, just make sure you have the right people. Yeah, I was just going to say from the from the capital allocation perspective, it, it, it it's a it's a more profitable margin to to help fran a business to to franchise. Um, I think again going back to Chipotle, I think we had a bias of um, of you know if you own your stores, you can you can control a lot more your your employee base, your culture, all that kind of stuff. Um, clearly, that 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 ran some struggles with Chipotle, um, but this I mean over the next four years, uh, Jack in the Box expects to 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 return more. Than than a billion dollars to shareholders in, in buybacks and dividends. So, um, just the ability to generate cash through a franchise business, which I think we're on more than nine out of ten. There's nine out of every ten stores is going to be franchised now, maybe yep. 95 percent. So, um, the cash flow dynamics are really attractive, and that can be good news for for shareholders as um, as we're seeing. Okay, well, guys, I want to wrap this up by talking about the dynamics surrounding one of their new commercials now. <laughs> Now I, I I forced you to watch this commercial before our taping. I apologize for that, but it's the commercial where Jack Jack in the Box is highlighting their teriyaki bowls, and it's generated a lot of controversy. And so I'm just going to give you the first line. Okay, the first line of the commercial: "Quote while other burger places serve the same old stuff, I'm the one with the bowls to serve something different." And then they keep quote, hammering it home. Full stop. And they keep hammering it home. Now, you have known me for a long time. You know that on occasion I have trafficked in lowbrow humor. Fair? On, on occasion? Fair? On occasion? Is that a fair That's assessment? That's fair. Okay. So, and I, have, and I have a low bar for Jack in the Box, but they just got under it. What are they doing? I actually thought it was funny. Really? Yeah, I really did. You don't think that's? <laughs> I just watching the guy with the head, <laughs> the jack. Um, and uh, what took took me? I I kept saying to myself, I know everyone doesn't live in a diverse community in metropolitan areas and stuff, but are we really going for teriyaki food at a Jack in the Box? That's where we're going so for our Japanese food. So you were focused on the teriyaki food. as opposed yeah. to the multiple. I know they references do, they do to, Mexican to food, and, and that's and where you that. go. Yeah, but I actually thought the bowls reference. You was thought it worked? I thought Andy? it worked. Andy? I, I, I first thought it. Was a little bit of a slap at Chipotle and and um, and their business, um, but then I watched the commercial. Um, I will say it does end with a with a lawyer, whether it's it's an actor playing a lawyer or not. <laughs> I think so. so. I, will, I I hope so. Um, anyway, it does end with that, and it just but to Ron's point, that just Jack himself with his big ball, bulby you know, head. Jack like, is great, that, but that you don't need, need the teriyaki. That, so. I mean, yeah. you should you should yeah. Listeners should watch the yeah. commercial. Obviously, yeah. make your own yeah. decision here. Yeah. But when, when I I look at that. Part of the reason I'm disappointed is when I think Jack in the Box, I think 1970s commercials with Rodney Allen Rippey. Classic. He was the incredible child actor. If there's a Mount Rushmore of 1970s television commercials with like children, then you've got Mikey from Life, oh, Mikey. and you've got Rodney Allen Rippey, and I don't, I don't even care about the other two or whatever else you etch in the stone. <laughs> Those two. Those were classic commercials. I don't even know who you're talking about. Oh, the, oh, the big hamburger, the little face. Yes, it's too big yes, for him to I eat. Yes, it was. It was all about the jumbo jack. At being jack too in the big box. Yeah. 
Jack in the Box. Rodney Allen Rippey, and he just celebrated his 50th birthday. So oh, I thought he was of, be older of, than that. No, ah. no. So instead of this like lowbrow teriyaki bowl humor, why don't you have like something about Rodney Allen Rippey turning 50? Okay, how about we could do both? Gosh, it's not either or. That's a free idea. They don't. I'm not getting even charged for but that. Why, I think you're too invested in this. You by think the way. so? Yeah. You, I love Jack in the Box. We talked down. about this. <laughs> we would eat it after church in um, in Houston on Sundays, and the tacos, and I'm going to put tacos it in quotes, air quotes, right. were just like so full of grease, and it was the most yeah. perfect meal I could imagine. Yeah, we we would hit the drive-through for sure. And what was and your go-to I, order? I, it was burgers and fries. I think like I don't jumbo think, jack. I don't think we were as adventurous as you with the, the whaler. You didn't they have a fish sandwich? Uh, I would never order a fish sandwich. <laughs> so you guys are lucky. I, I I go to their site and they have a find your Jack in the Box. I type in my old zip code. It's nothing. I type in Max and it's just like poof, they're all Everywhere. over the place. Unlike every other block. We had one in the New York suburbs that I grew up in. It oh, went out of business at some yeah. point. But well, well, the problem is, and and you were you were grilling me about. All the Jack in the Boxes in Houston, but the problem is when I go home now, I've taken another lover, and its name is Whataburger. Oh yeah. I mean, with Whataburger, you're like, you I've know never what? Never had that. Yeah, oh, a lot of competition. There's just there's just no reason to go to Jack in the Box anymore, yeah. wow. and it and it kills me to say that. Yeah. No. You know, but maybe the teriyaki bowls. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's a commercial for that, Mac. Okay, guys. Well, let's conclude with my incredibly arbitrary, unfair. I would never invest this way. Question: It's the Desert Island Poll. Over the next five years, you're on a desert island. And you can only invest in one of these three stocks. We've got Roku, Yelp, or Jack in the Box. Uh, it, it's it's clearly not a value investment, but if I had to pick between the three, I think I would pick Roku. I like where they're going. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Over Jack in the Box. Over Jack in the Box. I'm and sorry, my Yelp. friend. Although one billion in shareholder dollars coming back to investors sounds pretty good. Okay, well there you have it. Well, as always, you can email us your thoughts on Jack in the Box or anything else we've talked about. Marketfoolery at fool.com is our email with your questions, with your comments. Thanks for joining us. Ron, Andy, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Marketfoolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. 